And today, I, like I said, I had a little video because once upon a time, I was actually involved in a little bit of an experiment. Uh, we were doing this conference called TCTC, and part of it was, you know, truth. It was the whole theme of the week. Is it really true something happens? And it made us think of Mythbusters, and my buddy Spencer is kind of crazy, and he was like, let's do some of those Mythbuster experiments, but let's do them in real life, and we'll video us doing them, and it'll be a lot of fun. So I helped Spencer video these things. I sadly couldn't find the video of Spencer doing this, but we tested this experiment, this myth, that if you take two phone books, and for those kids who stayed in the room, a phone book is this old big thing we used to have, had everybody's phone number in it, when you used to call their house, and they had a phone that just stayed on the wall and had a cord on it. I know it's weird, but once upon a time, everybody had a phone number to their house, and they printed them all in a big book. You know, depending on where you lived, the book was a different size. And then they would send it to your house, and you'd call people. So you take one of these books, and they're real thin paper. Pages are real easy to tear out. But if you take those two phone books, and you interlace the pages, and did this kind of thing where you just, one at a time, back and forth, page, 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 and got them all sandwiched together, could you then pull them apart? Check this clip out, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Seriously, like that's insane, isn't it? Two massive semi-trucks pulling at that. And even then, the friction of the pages isn't what actually pulls apart. It's not the pages that separate. It's the weakness of those pages behind just under that amount of stress that just destroys it. Um, we had the same problem when we did the experiment. We attached it one into like a tree or some, some solid structure and the other into a bobcat and pulled with the bobcat and it actually pulled apart the pages in the back where we had clamped, drilled in the, the bolts in the back of the phone book. Those ripped out and tore up the spine and the spine ripped out before the pages separated. It's crazy cool. And I didn't just bring this up for the sake of science experiment. Um, I brought this up because if you haven't looked, our chapter this week is on unity. Our passage is from Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter four, it says this, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, beautiful passage. One body, one baptism, one group of us as a body, as a church. Now, we talk about this all the time. There's like separate uh, congregations. There's separate people. There's all these different folks, different things that make up the one church. But it's kind of like this: these many pieces, these many pieces that have been interwoven together through Christ, bound together through Christ, and unified through Christ and what he's accomplished. And it's just this cool concept. And as I thought about that idea of unity, number one, one thing came to mind. I feel like we've talked about this several times. Like, not only do I talk about this a lot, but I feel like we've covered this in Core 52, no offense to Mark Moore. This idea that unity is such an important part of the church. We talked about it when we were discussing the book of Acts. We've talked about it on several different levels. And then we've also talked about covenants. And we'll get back to that in a second. But I think that plays a big part in this idea of unity and what that's all about as well. And so as I was looking at that, I'm like, I feel like we've kind of covered this. So how can we just kind of reiterate the importance of unity 
while also bringing out one very important part, one piece. Because honestly, here's the thing. We talk about how important unity is, but then we actually look at it and it's like saying, yeah, I'm friends with somebody. We are, we are tight. We're tight knit. Two buddies, two friends. And I would like to think that we were so tight and so interlocked that nothing can pull us apart. But in the world we live in, it doesn't take much. Somebody says something that hurts my feelings. Somebody has a different perspective than me on something I care pretty deeply about. Something happens in the world and distance kind of can separate us or something was said or somebody just gives you a dirty look and you assume they're mad at you. It really sometimes takes some of the silliest stuff to just break up a relationship. Within the church, we've heard the horror stories of someone didn't agree on the carpet color and all of a sudden we just cut loose and go our own ways. We've heard lots of different reasons why people say, no, 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 I don't want anything to do with this. But it's not just like disappearing from one church to the other, because like I said, I believe wholeheartedly in the capital C picture of the church, the fact that we are all one body in Christ, that the church is down this same road that you're sit- where you're sitting. There's three other churches down the road meeting this morning. I believe that those churches are part of our church, the church. They may think a little differently, preach just a little differently, do things just a little differently. The details don't matter. We're all one. But there's a reason we all kind of split apart. It's those little differences that we let get in the way and we let just slowly let us separate and slide apart. And I look at the idea of these phone book pages interlaced so tightly. It's not the only example I looked at. I was looking at other things because scripture talks about this strand of three cords is not easily broken. Like this idea of things woven together is not easily pulled apart. Like I might be able to break one piece, but then you start adding more pieces together. The pencil thing. You ever tried pencils, put pencils together and tried to break them? You add more and more and more. It's harder and harder to break. We start thinking about all these different concepts and we know that the more strands, the more thread, these ideas of tapestries that are woven together create these beautiful pictures, puzzle pieces that interlock so many different kinds of illustrations that I could come up with this morning to think about what it's like for us to be woven together as one in Christ and why we are so strong as one in Christ. But the problem is we let so many silly little things separate us. Well, part of it is that we need to read the first few verses of Ephesians. If we go back and read the verses prior to the memory verse, It says, therefore, I, a prisoner in the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received with all humility, gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, making every effort to put aside yourself, to make every effort not to worry about what you want, what you desire, not to think of yourself as smarter and better than everybody else, not focused on all the ways that I am right and you are wrong, all the ways I got it all figured out and you don't. Just like we talked about last week, extending each other grace and forgiveness and love. Those are the things that really intertwine us. I was thinking about the puzzle. Have you ever thought about the idea of a puzzle? It's got these weird little twists and turns and interlocking pieces because 
if it was just all flat edges, squares. Have you ever tried to work on tiles or cards or something where you're supposed to be putting things together but they just have flat edges and they just butt up against each other but then somebody bumps something and then everything's jostled loose and everything's slipping all over the place, nothing's sitting still? When, when that happens, it's kind of chaos because it doesn't take much of a motion to mess up the whole thing. That's why puzzle pieces don't have flat edges all throughout the puzzle. That's why it's got these interlocking pieces. It helps you also to figure out where things go. I get that. But these interlocking pieces help everything stay together. Because when we are expected to maintain unity, to hold that unity together, to let the things that unite us in Christ keep us together, we have to come into each other's lives and share that life together, to love each other in a deep way. We have to be passionate about each other's lives, be invested in each other's lives. We can't just show up and say, hey, nice to see you. That's kind of like two flat edges coming up against each other for a short time and then moving apart. But when I know your family, when I know your story, when I know the things that are going on in your world, when I know what hardship you're going through this week, when I know the serious ways of how to be praying for you, not just to be praying for your wellness or your illness that you're going through, but what are you really struggling with? What's really on your mind this week? Because I'll be honest, COVID's not the biggest thing on my mind this week, in fairness. I had other things on my mind. Little by little, we start to grow in a way that we're interlocked. Romans 12 talks about it as rejoice with each other when we rejoice and mourn with each other when we mourn. To do that, we have to have lives that interweave, that intermix, that connect, that cross paths more than once. That's why we, I said I would come back to this, kind of got away from before the pandemic talking about membership. It sounds like you're joining a club and I can kind of come into the club and I can kind of leave the club and I can kind of get in and I can kind of leave and in and out. We kind of dropped some of that membership language and started using more of a covenant language. We haven't talked about that in a while, I understand. But this idea of covenant, is saying, I agree to be a part of this relationship, this community, this body, and I promise to care for you in these ways, to invest in you in these ways. Unity is important because Christ unifies us in his love, in his sacrifice, in all these things we've talked about. That's what unifies us. But for us to truly be a unified body, it takes investment. It takes spending time outside of Sunday morning. It takes time asking questions. It takes time listening to answers. It takes time deeply caring and thinking about people even when you're not with them. To be interlaced together, interlocked together in a way where nothing can pull us apart because our relationship goes far deeper than just, hey, how you doing? We go to the same church. Our relationship overlaps in such a way where we've been through some friction, we've been through some stuff together, and it's going to take a great deal to pull us apart. And so when we talk about unity this morning, I just wanted to give you an encouragement. The unity of the church is incredibly important. Christ has called us to be one. But for us to be one, we have to invest. We have to care. We have to be humble. We have to make that a priority. There's a lot of other things we can make priorities. But if unity in the church is supposed to be a priority, then it takes priority, not just in our own community, in our own body, but knowing what's going on outside of our walls, knowing what's going on in other churches, spending time talking to the faith body elsewhere and the rest of the world. What's the church doing beyond the walls of our country, 
because I'll be honest, I'm learning more and more every day how different the church looks beyond this country, how they're seeing us as a mission field. We always think of them as the mission field, and they're looking back at us going, we should probably help them. The perspectives we think we understand that we don't. There's so much out there to know and understand for us to be one, but it takes investment. It takes love. In fact, Paul talks a little bit more in his book of Colossians on this subject, and he says this, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, grace, right? So you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Love is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule in your hearts and be thankful. I'm going to bow our heads and close our eyes. I told you I was going to try to keep it short. If you would, just bow your head and close your eyes and just think about this for just a moment. Without looking around, how many people in this room am I actually invested in? When they mourn, I mourn. When they celebrate, I know and I celebrate. Not I click like on Facebook when they had a good vacation picture post. Not I put a care emoji on Facebook when they're going through a rough week. How am I invested in their life beyond Sunday morning, beyond Wednesday night? Connect groups have been a great start, but how and am I invested in who am I invested in? Take just a moment to pray through that and say, God, where have I invested energy in this congregation and this body? And in the same way, I just encourage you to pray this. God, beyond this body, where do I invest in the larger picture of the church? Where do I extend that love and that care and that listening ear? Where do I rejoice in the successes of a ministry beyond Northside? Where do I celebrate in the victories that are going on in some other ministry? Where do I mourn with those who are hurting and broken in a ministry beyond Northside? Where am I invested beyond my congregation? Father, I just pray that as you have united us through the sacrifice of your Son and given us hope in you, Father, I pray that we would trust you and know you and realize the goodness of what you were trying to accomplish, that the work you can do us, do through us as a unified body is so much stronger, that, Father, the early church was growing in great, great bounds because people saw how united a diverse group of people were. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to realize that they will know we are your disciples by the way we love one another. And that love that bonds us together will be the very thing that holds us together and brings others to know you. And so, Father, set us on fire as your people, as your church, as your community through love, through grace, through humility, through kindness, through gentleness, through compassion and forgiveness. Help us to invest in one another. We love you. We trust you. And it's in the wonderful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.